Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Uh, it is good to be here with y'all, and I am uh, glad to uh, just uh, be here on God's whole word, uh, this podcast that uh, we, we praise the Lord. We give God the glory. We want uh, this podcast to be something that, uh, you know, gives God uh, the honor and the glory that he deserves, amen, because God deserves all of the honor and all of the glory, amen. And so I'm thankful to be here with you, and again, I say praise the Lord because God is worthy to be praised. And we have been talking about the things that God hates. I know a lot of folks, you know, they say, you know, you, you, your thing you got going on there don't sound like no, no podcast, you know. Well, this, this way we're going to do it around here. We're, we're going to talk about God's whole word, you see, because God's whole word has got to get out there. And you say, well, where did you ever get the mind to even come up with such a thing? Well, it came from what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He told the devil when the devil tried to tempt him. He knew Jesus was hungry. He knew his body was hungry because Jesus had fasted for 40 days. And he said to the, to the Lord, he said, won't you turn, why don't you turn those, that, that, that stone into bread or those stones into bread? And then another uh, uh, passage of Scripture says stones. And I've told people because they, they say, oh, look, there's a difference. One says stone and one says stones. Well, I believe it was both. And I believe the conversation went just like that. And one writer wrote one thing and the other writer in the other part. You say, what in the world are you talking about? Well, they're both listed, aren't they? They're both in the word of God, aren't they? Why show not they are? And so I believe it went like that. You know, you, you're looking and you say, you know, uh, just turn that, that stone into bread. Huh? Why don't you do that? No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Why? No. How about you turn the stones into bread? Let, let's ramp it up here. You know what I mean? I think it very well could have done like that. And you know what? One day we're going to find out, aren't we? But the bottom line is God don't lie. And it's his word. You think God's going to lie in his word? You got people running around with all kinds of wicked and evil imaginations. And you see... We've been looking in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19. It talks about the things that God hates. And you know the God of the Old Testament is the same one you see in the New Testament. And now you know his name. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God came in the flesh. And we beheld him as the glory of the only begotten Son. Hallelujah. But the Bible lets us to know in Colossians 2 and verse 9 that all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in that body. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God that we know who God is. At least some of us do. There's some of us that understand who God is. 
And I say that because some people, I've heard people make the comment trying to divide up Jesus and God in such a way, trying to make it sound like they're two different gods. They ain't even got the same mind and thought. Oh, you little liars, you. Ooh, your daddy's the devil. You're just trying to stir things up and lie on God. Because I'm going to tell you what, that same God that spoke in the Old Testament is the same God in the New Testament. And his name is Jesus. Oh, glory to God. You know him in the Old Testament as Yahweh and Jehovah God. But I tell you what, God sent the saving name and that name is Jesus. Yes, it is. But he's the same God. You see, God has got to let us know through Jesus, look, I'm handing you some mercy. I'm handing you some long-suffering and patience. You're going to see that in the Son of the living God. You see, how in the world can you say God is, is you know, uh, his Son is God and he's God and, 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 and y'all sound like you got something twisted up. No, we don't. Tell me, who, who was the one that fathered Jesus? Hmm. If you're going to tell me God the Father, I'm going to tell you, you know, the Bible says Holy Ghost. So what are you going to do with that? Hmm? What are you going to do with that? Because, uh, and then the Bible says that there's but one Spirit. And then in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 6, uh, uh, 6 and 4, wait a minute, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn there real quick because I'm going to make sure I don't misquote nothing for y'all. Uh, let's see, Galatians, we're going to go to Galatians, and I think it's uh, 4 and 6, I believe, but I want to make sure because I know that if I misquote something, somebody's going to be on me. Ooh, yes, sir, they sure will. They, they just, you know, they're going to get on you. All right, 4 and 6, yeah, here it is. It says, and because ye are sons, God has sent forth his the spirit of his son into your hearts crying of a father. And yet the Bible says there is but one spirit. So that spirit, that Holy Ghost, is the same one that fathered. The Spirit of God fathered a body. Don't forget that. There was a body that was fathered. The Bible says that he was begotten. Do you know the word begotten means a beginning? The Bible lets us to know that God fathered a body. And Colossians 2.9 lets us to know that all the fullness, not one drop was left out. Do you hear? Not one drop was left out. All the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in Jesus bodily. You say, well, how could all of God be in Jesus? And where would God? Listen, God can be filling every bit of space at all time and yet still give Jesus in bodily. Are you hearing now? All the authority and anointing and power of the Almighty God. Yes, sir. And so we serve but one God. He's fathered a body, and we beheld his glory as the only son and begotten son of the living God. And now we see God robed in flesh. We see God walking among us. The Bible says God with us. That's what Emmanuel means. You know, you look at Isaiah 9, 6. It says that Jesus would be called the everlasting father. Hmm? The mighty God. And so, you must hear and know what the scripture says in Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one 
Lord. Not two, not three. So we serve only one God. Now that's just a very, very short little lesson on the oneness of God. But make no mistake, there are plenty more scriptures to validate the oneness of the Almighty God. Now, that God in the Old Testament that some people want to run around and say, well, that was the mean God over there, but Jesus is the good, nice God over here in the New Testament. I've heard people talk like that. I've actually heard people making comments and words like that and even getting it placed in writings and stuff in, in, in shows and all this kind of thing. Hmm? And they'll, uh, you know, people watch these television shows off that one-eyed demon. I call it television a one-eyed demon. You you watch those television shows, and, and, and whatever is said, people are going to literally listen to that before they'll listen to the Word of God. You've got a lot of people that will do that. They will listen to the television and whatever the writers have said, and the actors will act it out. And because these actors, you know, uh, everybody knows them, they, they see them on the red carpet and, and, and uh, you know, all of their fame and uh, all of this stuff. They, they look at that. And they will listen to them before they'll listen to the Almighty God and His Word. Do you know how sad and pitiful that is? Just a sad rendition of a human being that you would dare listen to a human being on this earth rather than the almighty God and his word and so the same one that said he hates things in the Old Testament is the same one that you hear reaching you with mercy and grace in the New Testament it's this one and same God but the Lord has got a mind to want you to see all sides of the picture. But what you cannot do is you cannot reverse, or excuse me, let me say that a little clear. You can't reverse God. Do you know what I mean by that? Some people don't even know what I mean by that. You can't put God in reverse and say, well, you're going to go backwards. You can't put him in drive and say, you're going to go forwards. You don't, you don't do that to God. It's not like, you know, he's, he's a transmission to you and you're just going to shift him into whatever gear, whatever gear you want him to be in. It doesn't work that way. God is so uh, blessed and holy and righteous. Listen, this is the thing that really I think the problem with people understanding when you, when you try to tell people that God hates something and they get to this point where they just can't stand hearing that. It just grates on the ever-loving mind. But Jesus told the devil in the wilderness when the devil tried to tempt him to turn the stones into bread. He said, man shall not live by bread alone. Now the first bread he's mentioning, he's talking about literal physical bread like the food that we eat. He said, man shall not live by bread alone. Now what he meant was we have to have our food, we have to have our substance. I mean, if you stop eating and you take no more nutrients in, you're going to die. There's no two ways about that. I mean, if you just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it, and, and, and days and weeks pass, you end up dying. And, and God says, man shall not live by bread alone. God expects us to live. 
God don't expect us to sit there and just stop eating until we die. I mean, sometimes God calls us to fast, and we might, uh, you know, we might uh, miss a meal or two here and there. We might miss a meal for several days. You know, some people go uh, uh, that far to, to fast of the Lord. You know, you got some people, when you talk about fasting uh, like that in that form, as Jesus gave us an example to, as many, many others did as well in the Scriptures. Uh, but Jesus being uh, God in flesh <laughs> and has become our high priest because Jesus, uh, listen, you still got to have a high priest. Do you understand? Don't sit there and think God changed nothing. God didn't change nothing. He, he didn't, you know, God don't change is what I'm saying. What God did do is he changed certain things to function in a certain manner, changing situations or whatever needed to be done. You say, what are you talking about? Well, uh, you know, those that were leaders in the beginning as the children of Israel were being moved out of Egypt through the hand of Moses, uh, you know, the firstborn, when, when, when God instructed the people to put blood upon the doorposts of the homes, and, and there's, there's the firstborn that are chosen out of each one of those homes. These firstborn of the Israelites, they were the ones that were going to be the spiritual leaders and so on and so forth. But there came a point in time when out of the tribes, God chose the Levites to be the leaders and made that change from the firstborn to the Levites. And then the Levites were the ones that were the leaders. But now the Lord has called the church into existence. Jesus did that. Jesus is the one that did that. He said, I, sh I will build my church. And he said, upon this rock, he was talking about the rock of revelation of the understanding that Jesus was God in flesh, that Jesus was the Messiah. And upon that rock of revelation that we would understand. Now, some people, you know, they misinterpret it because the word uh, Peter, which Petre is the Aramaic Greek word, and it's it's literally translated rock. But but when you read that very carefully and you look at the other word that's used that Jesus used, he said upon this rock. He wasn't talking about Peter because Petre is uh, like a little rock. But he said upon this rock, that rock that Jesus said when he said this rock, upon this rock, uh, my church will be built. And he said the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That rock, you look it up, it's, it's not a little rock. It's like a big boulder. And, and, and Jesus is the cornerstone. He is the cornerstone that built the church. And so now, through the church, we're given the ministry of reconciliation to God. That's what the church is given. We're given the responsibilities that the Israelites had, and they had uh, through the chain of command that went through as God made the changes. It went from the firstborn to the Le Le uh, Levites, and so on and so forth. And, and, and there was a priesthood. That was a part of uh, the Israelites. Well, now, when you look in the scripture, you find that there is a priesthood within the church. And we are given the responsibility to offer our sacrifices out of the calves of our lips. The Old Testament speaks of, of giving sacrifice out of the calves of our lips. Calves meaning like little um, uh, animal sacrifices, the calves that they used. Uh, but now, because of the change uh, that needed to be made, because 
before there was animal sacrifices, Jesus was the final sacrifice for us. So there was no need for animal sacrifice any longer. So Jesus made that change as well. But, but God don't change. God does not change. God still demands things to be done a certain way. God still demands holiness. God still demands repentance. And so uh, if God don't change, and even Jesus said that he doesn't change, huh? yesterday, today, and forever, he's the same. That's what the scripture says. He's the same. So if he was the same yesterday, that word meaning whatever was in the past, whatever is in the present and whatever is in the future, God will not change. He's going to be the same. And that I am grateful for because I can depend on God. And the Lord made it very clear to the devil. He said, he said man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, every word. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Every word. And you got people saying, oh, we don't need to know the Old Testament. That's not what Jesus said. Because when Jesus was speaking that, the New Testament wasn't even written. You understand? There was only Old Testament. Now, that didn't mean that God didn't understand and know that there would be a New Testament. Certainly, he knows all things. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. God knows all things. He knows things from the beginning. He knows things before the beginning started. And he'll know things, what is going to be at the end of all things, and whatever will be beyond that. You know, because some people, they'll say, well, you know, how's it going to be when we get to the new earth? And what, what, what's going to go beyond that? Well, God don't give us all that information. And you know what? You're going to have to just be all right with that. You're going to have to just get over it and move on because some people think they've got to have an answer for every little thing. You ain't going to have an answer for every little thing. You tell me that your life don't have things in it that doesn't make any sense. I've had things that's happened in my life that it makes no sense. You know, uh, and I'm talking about things that have been difficult to deal with. Okay? We, uh, we were dealing with our, our one-year anniversary of our son's death just this uh, past... Um, October 1st. That's when we found out our son was found dead in a hotel room of a drug overdose. It was very difficult, very difficult day. I, I had my ups and downs. I had joy in the Lord, unspeakable joy, and then other times I, I cried. And then I would, you know, uh, but I understand God does not change. But that, it didn't make sense to me. Why, why did my son not listen when I said, you need to stay away from drugs? There's no answer to that. There's no answer to that. There's no understanding it. There's no, you know, I could sit there and say, why did he have to die at 22 years old? There's no answer for that. There's no, no way to understand that. And... There's an old, old song that people used to sing way back yonder. It says, By and by, Lord, when the morning comes, and all the saints will be gathering home, we'll tell the story of how we overcome, and we'll understand it better by and by. That's what's going to happen. I mean, we'll understand more when we get over yonder. But some things over here, we're just not going to understand. 
But one thing we do understand out of the word of God is that there are some things that God hates. Do you hear? Do you hear? There are things that God absolutely hates. He absolutely hates it. And you think Jesus is going to feel any better now that God's rolled himself in flesh and we see God walking around uh, in this body and, and, and we calling him Jesus. You think Jesus is, you know, people trying to make Jesus out of a candy man. Like all he's going to do is hand you a bunch of sweets. Huh? What kind of rotten parent is it that all you do is going to give your kids candy and donuts and an ice cream and you ain't going to give them another thing but those sweets? You know you're a bad, rotten, lousy parent if you did such a thing. Uh, you know you are. I mean, we, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to say bad things about nobody, but I'm going to say this. You know, my spouse and I, we dealt with, that uh, we had, did foster care for just about 11 years. And uh, we've seen a lot of things. And there were times that we saw kids come in and their teeth would just, Rot it out of their mouth, and they because the parents just let them eat whatever they wanted to eat, and of course the kids were going to go after all those things, and, and not eating a balanced meal and taking all kinds of things in, and soda, and not, you know I drink a soda every once in a while, but I'm just saying, uh, just so much intake of all the wrong things and not enough of the right things. You know, God wants us to have a balanced meal. You think just listen to love, kissy, kissy, love, and, and you ain't got nothing else to hear, that somehow that's a balanced meal? You full well know it's not. You would full well know it's not. You know that when you sit down to a decent meal, if you go to your doctor and your doctor, what are they going to They're going to ask you, you know, if you got problem with your blood pressure and all that. Well, one thing they're going to ask you, especially if you got you know your blood sugar's out of control. Your di you, uh, you know you got diabetes or you got high blood pressure. They zero in on the things that you're taking in, what you're eating, and and it's important that you know we take a look at those things and we be wise and we listen to our doctor and all that kind of thing. Well, why would we not listen to the doctor of our soul? Where we are going to meet, uh, the, the one we are going to meet, and where we are going to be when, when judgment comes down uh, upon us. And, and uh, you know, if, if we are not ready to meet him, then we will not enter into that city that God has prepared for those that are willing to walk with him and serve him and accept his son and obey the son of the living God. You, you don't sit there and just say, well, I believe in Jesus, so I'm okay. There's people that believe that because you've got all kinds of lying preachers out there. They just full of, they just sitting there just running their mouth and lying right through their teeth to you because you think that you can sit there and keep on sinning and everything's fine and you don't have to repent. That's a lie from the pits of hell. Do you understand that? That's a lie. God demands that we repent. God wants us to give our lives to Jesus Christ. But I'm going to tell you what, if you sit there and you believe that all you got to do is believe in Jesus, don't you know that the book of James tells you that's what the devils do? It says they believe too and they tremble. Uh, I know there's atheists out there and they don't tremble when you talk about God. But at least the devil's got sense enough to tremble under the power of God. It, it scares the daylights out of them because they know what's coming to them. They full well know. Hmm? And, and that's proved where Jesus 
cast out the devil out of one that had legion of demons. Those demons had to speak, and they—I mean, God made them, and they were—they were afraid that it was their time to come, because one of these days they are going to be judged. But let me tell you something: if you have this foolish idea in your mind, because of nonsense that you've listened to because listen this is what happened to folks they will listen to preachers that will tell them whatever they want to be comfortable where they are comfortable where they are and god is going to say one day he jesus now this come out of the mouth of jesus he said there are those who are going to say and so this lets me to know you're going to get to have a conversation with jesus but then jesus is going to straighten it all out because he said there are going to be those that are going to say, but I did this in your name and I did that in your name and on and on and on. Even casting out demons in his name. Now that means that if they had the ability to 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 use the name of Jesus and, and, and cast out devils, at one point they had to have been right with the Lord somewhere along the line. Because I see where other ones tried to do that and the demons went after them and tore them apart. So somewhere along the line, either that or they were lying and they didn't really cast them out. You know, some people will say that. But Jesus is not going to sit there and tell you something about a story of something that wouldn't be true. He's not going to tell lies. And so he said there's going to be some that are going to uh, say, well, I did this in your name and I did that in your name. Uh, you know, I gave to the poor and whatever, whatever, whatever it is. Whatever it is that you, you you think you're doing for the Lord. Now, I'm not saying what you're doing for the Lord ain't for the Lord. But Jesus said there's those that are going to stand before him. They're going to say, well, we did this, Lord, and we did that, and da-da-da-da-da. And then the Lord said, I'm going to look at them, and I'm going to say, I do not know you. And Jesus did not leave it at that. You know, he didn't leave it at that. He went on to say why it was that he was going to tell that. And he said, the reason I'm going to say that to them is because of their iniquity. And that means they have unrepentant sin in their life. You know, when we come to God, the only way a person can be baptized with the Holy Ghost, and I'm talking about being baptized with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking out of the tongues, the Bible makes it very clear, very, very clear in, in uh, Acts chapter 5 and verse 32 that he gives the Holy Ghost to those that obey him. So uh, the only way you can be baptized with the Holy Ghost, you, you don't just receive the Holy Ghost just because you have believed in Jesus. The Bible don't say that. It says you shall receive. But that doesn't mean that you automatically receive, but you've got preachers that are going around, running around lying to people, saying, yeah, once you believed in Jesus, you automatically have the Spirit. The Bible don't teach that. That's a bold-faced lie. Absolute bold-faced lie. Because the apostles, they even, they even said when they came across these one uh, people, they said, he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Now, this is an apostle that asked this group of people that he came upon. And they said, well, we haven't even heard of the Holy Ghost. And then he said, well, what baptism were you baptized? Because your baptism is going to reflect what goes on whether or not you've been baptized with the Holy Ghost too. It can very well do that. Because some people may assume that because they were baptized as a baby and they got sprinkled, that, oh, I'm automatically, you know, I'm baptized. And, well, no, that's not baptism. Because the word baptize, if you look up the word baptism, it actually means to be completely covered and wet, completely wet, covered, totally. 
And so this is the reason why I like when, when the Lord, uh, the Holy Ghost called Philip to go towards the chariot and, and speak to the eunuch. And the eunuch was reading the book of Isaiah. And he said, who is this man that they're talking about in the scripture? And, and Philip got up in there, just like the Holy Ghost said, got up in the chariot and began to talk to him and testify to him about the Lord. And then there, there was somewhere in the conversation that they had to have been talking about baptism because the eunuch even said, hey, here's some, a body of water. Huh? And then uh, uh, Philip and the eunuch went down in the water together and he baptized the eunuch. And then another place it says uh, that uh, there were people that were baptized because there was much water there. So, uh, you know, it is important that you understand what baptism is. You're going to be, uh, you know, likened unto what the Bible says we're buried with Christ in baptism. Buried means you're completely covered. You're completely covered. Now, of course, when you're buried, you're covered with dirt. But with the Lord, you're, you're buried with him in baptism. So you go under the water and you come back up uh, in a new life, taking on the name of Jesus Christ. You're baptized, being baptized in Jesus' name. So, you know, the devil, he doesn't want people to believe that what Jesus said uh, is the truth. He doesn't want people to know that. No, he doesn't want that at all. He wants you to think that you can just keep on doing whatever you're doing and you're not really fully repentant if you behave that way. If you continue in the sin that you came to Jesus in. Now, this is the thing. You can't clean up your backyard before you get to Jesus. You can't get good to get God. It'll never work. You have to get God to get good, and that's something my aunt says. So, you... Don't sit there and say, well, I'll wait until I get all my, you know, I, I'll wait till I stop taking my drugs. I'll wait till I stop uh, being, you know, a hoochie mama or whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, no, come to God now. You repent. Just simply tell God, I'm sorry for everything I've done. And, and mean that. Really, truly mean that. And that you are willing to turn around and go towards God and that you're willing to obey Him and listen to whatever His Word says. And God will know your heart because He can read everybody's heart. He knows your heart. He knows my heart. He knows whether or not we're telling the truth or whether we're telling a flat-out lie. You know, you, you can And then not only that, but God gives... Uh, the people of God, this ability, you know, because he said, your spirit will bear witness with their spirit, whether they be the sons of God. You, you can, uh, you know, you can know that somebody got the Holy Ghost or not. I mean, it may take a bit because some people can be real shysters, but I'm going to tell you what, the, you can shyster the Holy Ghost because the Bible says God will not be mocked. You can't trick him. You can't fool him. No, you can't. And if the Holy Ghost is on the inside of us, it is not us and our own spirit and our flesh deciphering whether or not that's a real, uh, true, uh, repentant person. No, the Holy Ghost does that on the inside. And the Holy Ghost will be able to say, that person ain't right with the Lord. Amen. And some people say, oh, that's a call of judgment. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I get so sick and tired of people misinterpreting the word of God. Don't you know, uh, when, when Jesus talked about, uh, they said, well, the Bible said, you know, Jesus said, judge not unless you be judged. Go read that verse. He's talking about hypocrites. He is literally talking about hypocrites. And he's telling hypocrites, you cannot, as a hypocrite, go judging people. Because as a hypocrite, you've got the same problem in your own backyard. And you need to get your backyard cleaned up. But that doesn't mean that everybody's a hypocrite. That doesn't mean that everybody has just never, ever cleaned up, let the Lord clean their backyard up. You know that's not true. There are some people that have repented of their sins and turned to God and are living a holy life. And God has called some of them to preach and teach. 
And, and certainly the ones that are preaching and teaching, and you're going to get up in a pulpit, I'll tell you what, God has best, you best understand, that God has got your number, and you better have made sure that God has spoke to you, and that you have fully listened to him, and that you are repentant and walking holy before him, before you get up in a pulpit and start preaching to people that they need to repent. Amen. That's the truth. Now, with that said, God speaks about the things he hates. That is not me saying that. It is out of my flesh and my mouth. But that's not me that has said those words. I'm just telling you what God said. I'm just a messenger. That's all I am. Do you understand what I mean? That's all I am. I'm just a messenger. I'm just one that God has called to be a messenger of his word and just to tell you what he said. And that's what he said. He said, there's some things I hate. And so we're going to talk about this again. So it says in verse 16 of Proverbs chapter 6, through 19 it says these six things uh doth the lord hate yea seven are abomination unto him now that doesn't mean that there's just seven things that god hates but this is a a group of things that god is going to uh help us to zero in on on some very specific things that are at the heart of god that god really sincerely wants us to look at all right and so then in verse 17 it says a proud look now we studied that. You can go back in the archives of uh, God's whole word and look at what we said. Several several podcasts, quite a few podcasts about a proud look. Uh, a lying tongue. We talked about that. And then hands that shed innocent blood. We spent some time on that. But now we're talking about an heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Now what that means is somebody deep inside your soul, you have a heart your thoughts, your way of being, to plan evil things. That's what wicked imaginations are. The word imaginations translates to mean plots and plans that you make. And, and so God is saying, look, that heart, in other words, who you are as a person, the real you on the inside of you, that, that, that person that uh, you know people look at and they say, oh, that person has a certain personality or whether, you know, you, haven't you ever heard of somebody saying, oh, that's a really kind person? Well, why, why do you say that? Because that person, their heart is, is geared towards those things. Or you might say, uh, some people, you, you might say to, to your children, you might say, you need to stay away from that one because that one's, that one's a bad apple off the tree. You know, and it doesn't mean that God can't change that person, but as long as that person walks in the way that they do, uh, you know, you would want to instruct your children, look, this, there's certain folks you just don't hang around. Now, that doesn't mean that we go to reach them. We might testify to them and talk to them, invite them to church, and maybe even invite them to dinner at your house to, you know, share the love of God with them and talk to them about the Lord. But you're not going to sit there and fellowship with them, run around with them, and hang out with them and do all that. There's a completely different uh, set of uh, guidelines that God gives his people to go by uh, when it comes to those things because it says we're not to be unequally yoked. And so there are people that literally in their heart, they've got this mind to plan evil and wicked things. And God says he hates that. You say, oh, well, nobody that's a Christian would do such a thing. Well, let me tell you this. There are some that call themselves Christians that do do those things. Because I've said this numerous times because I'm still just really flabbergasted 
I don't even know what another word would be. It just flabbergasted me whenever I heard of it. But this woman who had, uh, she was, I think, in her 30s or late 30s, somewhere around there. And she had known the Lord for a few years. So that tells me she was had known the Lord long enough that she, if she really did know him, but she said that she had been a Christian for several years. And... Um, I guess she had learned and maybe heard over the pulpit, you know, God will forgive you of anything. And that, you know, in a sense, that's true, other than blaspheme of the Holy Ghost. But this woman took that to mean that because God forgives me of whatever, I can go plot and plan, and I can do this wickedness that I want to do, and then I'm going to come back, and then I'm going to ask God to forgive me, and he's going to have to forgive me because he said he would. Now, that is wicked in and of itself because that is a plot and a plan of evil and ungodliness. That you think you can use God? You think you can take God and you can twist Him and turn Him and use Him? The Bible says God will not be mocked. And this woman literally planned the murder of her mother-in-law. She sits in jail today. Now, uh, there was a, obviously uh, it was put to a stop because the person that she hired she literally hired a guy to kill her mother-in-law. And she's told the man, she literally told the man, she didn't realize he was an undercover cop. And she told the man that, you know, she said, well, I'm a Christian and I've been a Christian for a few years now. She said, but after you kill her, uh, she said, I'll ask forgiveness and then the Lord will forgive me. This is what she was telling this man. And, and you know, when you, when you take people like this these people are they're hypocrites they're what jesus is talking about the the hypocrites they they use the name of jesus and they say they're christian but if you've got jesus inside of you if the holy ghost is inside of you if you've been baptized with the holy ghost you would have no thought or idea or desire or want to go killing your mother-in-law huh now you may not like your mother-in-law too much, especially if she's a busybody and a nobody, nosy little thing that always won't get up in there and stir up trouble between either the son or daughter, whoever it is that married and got married and wanting to, you know, uh, stir up trouble. And sometimes that happens, but you can't go around making plots and plans to kill her neither, nor your father-in-law. You can't be doing stuff like that. I mean, that God is not going to tolerate that. But, but yet, you know, there are people that have this weird, bizarre idea about Jesus, and they want to use him and abuse him. But God will not be used and abused. As loving and merciful and kind as Jesus is, he will not be mocked. You cannot fool him. You are not going to get away with behaving that way, it won't work. And I'm going to give you a, a little scenario. <laughs> you want to say that God was only that way in the Old Testament? I got news for you because in the early church, there were two people called Ananias and Sapphira. It was husband and wife. And they had lied. They had sold some land and they made it look like they were giving all the proceeds that they made from the land to the church. But they lied. They had only given a portion. But the Holy Ghost told the man of God that they were lying. Now, it wasn't because God demanded that they gave uh, the whole amount because the, 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 the preacher, the apostle that, that the man came to to give 
the offering and make it look like, because there was pride involved, you see. There was pride involved because they wanted to make themselves look like, uh, you know, look at what we're doing, trying to draw attention to themselves and say, look, look at this. We sold this land and, and, and we're given the whole proceeds. Isn't that wonderful of us? No, it's not because, first of all, you lied and made it sound like and made it look like that you were going to give the whole amount, but you kept, you gave a portion of it and then you took the rest to do whatever. Now, the apostle made a point of telling uh, the husband, uh, Ananias, he said, look, you, it was in your power to do what you wanted to do with that money when you were going to sell that land. You could have said, look, I'm going to give 25%. Now, the Apostle Paul didn't say this part, but I'm going to give you a little scenario. In other words, to explain what the Apostle meant when he said you had the power to do what you wanted with it, he could have, Ananias and his wife could have talked and said, look, we've got, you know, we've got some bills we need to pay and we've got, you know, we want to go on a boat trip or whatever the case may be. And we want to do certain things. So how about if we give 25% of the proceeds to the church and we'll take 75% and take care of all of our bills. and get, You know, you had the power to do whatever you uh, needed to do. But instead, evil got a hold of their heart and they plot and planned evil. That's what they did. It, I mean, if, if you, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to turn to that story real quick. And it's in the book of Acts. And if I remember correctly, I believe it's in chapter 5. But let's see here. Um, give me just a moment because that was not one that I was getting just ready to do. But the Holy Ghost is always uh, ready. It just takes me just a moment or so. All right. So, yeah. So Acts chapter, one, or Acts chapter 5 and verse 1, it says, But a certain name man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold the possession and kept back part of the price, his wife being uh, also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. So they only bought, brought a certain part of it. They didn't bring the whole amount. But, but it wasn't because they couldn't keep what they wanted. I mean, if they wanted, I mean, they could have, you know, they could have kept... 90% and gave 10% to the church, you know, gave a tithe on it and gave 10%. And, you know, God is not going to be angry if you have to uh, manage your money in such a way that you, you you know, you can't give half your income. There's some people that are wealthy enough, they could give half their income if they wanted, and there's others that are barely making it. And, and so, you know, uh, then verse 3, it says, But Peter said, and this is what Peter said to him, the apostle Peter. He said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart? See, Satan filled his heart. When you get to this place to where you feel like that you can plot and plan evil and wickedness, and you're going to call yourself a Christian? Oh, no, 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 no. And see, these people, they had the Holy Ghost because he said you lied to the Holy Ghost. They, they had been baptized with the Holy Ghost. And he said to, to keep back part of the price of the land. Now listen to verse 4. He said, whilst it remained, was it, not in thine, was it not thine own? He said, when it belonged to you, it was your own. You could do what you want with it. And he said, after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? He said, didn't you have uh, it 
in your own power, you could choose whether you wanted to give 10% of the proceeds, 20%, 30%, whatever you wanted to do. It was in your power to do. Okay? And then he said, Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? See, that's what God is saying in, in uh, Proverbs chapter uh, 16 and verse 6. You know, he said, evil imaginations. He said, you plot and you plan wickedness in your heart. And God don't want us doing that. I mean, it, 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 <coughs> when you devise things up, <coughs> excuse me, especially to try to make yourself look, prop yourself up to look uh, holy, when really you're despicable. You're just literally despicable before God because you're trying to fool everybody. And I'm going to tell you something. You can fool some of the people some of the time. You can fool all of the people some of the time. But what you can't never do, you can't fool God. Never. Do you understand? You can't fool God. You know there's some people don't like me. They don't like my podcast. Yet people listen. They don't like my podcast. You talk like such a mean old thing. I'm not mean. I'm just telling it like it is. But I'm going to tell you what. When I when I leave behind whatever pulpit God gives me, like this is a pulpit to me at this moment. You said, well, I thought it was a podcast. Well, it is a podcast, but it's still a pulpit because I got the word here and I'm talking to y'all. Matter of fact, let's go to prayer. Dear God, I thank you for your word that has already been spoken. I thank you, Lord, for your word that has already gone forth that we have read. And I'm asking you, Lord, as we finish off this podcast today, that you will allow the word of God to find a lodging place in the hearts of each person that listens. In Jesus' name, amen. Let your will be done. And so, Peter says to Ananias, he says, while it remained, was it not your own? He said, while you owned it, you could do whatever you wanted with that land. Then he said, even after it was sold, it says, and after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? He said, you had the money in your hand, you could do what you want. You had the power to choose what you wanted to do. He said, why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And you know, I've actually heard preachers, you lying preachers. Did you hear what I said? You a lying preacher if you say to people that these two went to heaven. They did no such thing. They went straight to hell. You say, well, who are you to judge? I'm not judging the word of God did. Do you know what the Bible says? It says, you didn't lie to men, you lied to God. In other words, there's a big difference in lying to men because, you know, you lie to men and there are a way, you know, you still got time to turn it around. But when you lie to God and you're on your way out, you ain't got time to turn around. No, once God says your time's up, your time's up, you ain't got time to turn around because their time was up. Because in verse 5 it says, Ananias, hearing these words, he fell down and gave up the ghost. During hearing the words, he didn't even have a chance to repent. Because you lied to God, it's over, it's done. God says, you're out. You're finished. And you know what the Bible says about liars? It says, all liars will have their part in the lake of fire, so don't tell me they went to heaven. 
There's preachers out there lying and through their teeth trying. You know why? Because it, it makes for large congregations. Because if you tell people what they want to hear, oh, they'll come flock to church and, and you can just be making money hand over fist with the big income they give you. Huh? Yeah, you know it's the truth. But you get a Holy Ghost-filled old-time preacher, huh? they might not have big, huge congregation. Now, I do know some old-time preaching, uh, old preaching preachers that exist even today, and they've got some pretty large congregations, and the people, uh, you know, they got a mind, maybe not every one of them because God knows the heart, but it appears as so that there's going to be some of them. Some of them are, seem to be walking with the Lord and serving God, and they're walking in holiness. I'm not talking about what you plan and desire and, 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 and say is holy and what's not. You don't get to choose. God's already done that. And then he sends the preachers to say, look, this is what God said is holy, and this is what God said isn't holy. Now, this is the thing. When people devise wicked imaginations, when they devise wicked imaginations, they plot and plan wickedness. Almost invariably, they've got to get somebody else involved. Yes, they do. That's what happened to that woman. And now she sits in prison. She got she got somebody involved that she thought was going to go kill her mother-in-law. And thank God that somehow, some way, she came in contact with, uh, you know, with a um, undercover agent. And then, of course, she got caught and, and uh, went to jail. But I mean... What a sad thing. You know, that, that there are people out there that claim to be Christian, and, and they're going to talk like this to people that are not Christian, and they're going to look at that and they're going to say, what do you have to offer to the world? I mean, if you're going to be like that, you don't have nothing to offer to the world. You're no different than the world. You're just like the world. But the Bible says Jesus was separate from sinners. So you better quit playing with Jesus and trying to make him out to be a candy man because that's not the real Jesus. The Bible does talk about another Jesus could come. I'll tell you what, yours is another Jesus. Oh, yeah. Because mine is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yours, hmm, he changes. As far as uh, that goes, because if you're Jesus, all he does is preach about love and he don't talk about holiness and don't talk about you repenting. That's not the Jesus in the scripture. So you got another Jesus you're worshiping. And, and, and so that means you, you, you follow on the wrong one. You better, you, better, you better get right. You better turn around. You better find out who Jesus really is and stop playing games with him. Because time is wrapping up. Don't sit there. And even if time, listen, when I say time is wrapping up, some people say, well, ah, you don't know the day nor the hour. You don't know. I know that. I, you think I'm going to get on here and preach uh, from a podcast called God's Whole Word and, I, and I'm sitting here and I don't know that, that we don't know the day nor the hour? That would be stupid of me. I full well know we don't know the day nor the hour, but I'll tell you what, time is still wrapping up. Ah! Yes, sir. When Jesus was conceived in the womb of Mary, don't you know the last days began? Yes, sir. Now, some people say it's after he's born. Some people say, you know, once he declared his open ministry. But listen, when Jesus got here, the last days began. Do you understand? However you want to look at it. But when Jesus got here, the last days began. And we're in the last of the last days. And Jesus said that when you see uh, as it gets closer, it's going to be like the days of Noah. 
Well, if you go back and study the days of Noah, it looks just like today. Just like today. Hmm? Yes, sir. And so Ananias, he thought he was going to get away with this. And, and guess what? He had to get somebody else involved. He got his wife involved. Because look at what verse 6 says. It says, uh, now we're in Acts chapter 5 and verse 6. It says, And the young men rose and bound him up and carried him out and buried him. They, they didn't even have a funeral. They didn't do nothing. They didn't even invite the woman, the, his wife. She didn't even know. She didn't have no chance to go to the funeral. She didn't have no chance. You know, and back then, the Jews, that's what they do. They, they still to this day, uh, generally, if somebody dies, they want them buried within 24 hours. That's what they. That's a part of their culture. Um, so it's not unusual to see this here. But the thing of it is, usually the family was invited. Y'all know what I mean? But she wasn't invited. They didn't run off and say, hey, go down and get his wife. No, because the Holy Ghost already knew something was up with the wife too. The Holy Ghost knew that. And so verse 6 said, again, young men rose up. And they bound him up. You know, they wrapped up the body, carried him out and buried him. And then it says, in verse 7, it says, it was about the space of three hours after. After her husband was buried and she didn't even know it. You know, she probably thought, oh, he went down to the church. He must be still down there. Huh? So she came down there about three hours later. It says, when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. She didn't know what had happened to her husband. Nobody, nobody told her. Not even the men that went out and buried her husband. Nobody said a thing. It's amazing they could keep that quiet. But, uh, you know, because the Pentecostal grapevine today, boy, I'll tell you what, the message can go, whoo, and just move like hot fire. But... Uh, it says in verse 8, And Peter answered unto her and said, He said, Now, he said, Tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. He said, I want you to tell me, did you sell this land for the amount right here? So she knew that her husband had been there. She had to have known that. Now, what she didn't know was that he was dead. She didn't know he was dead and she didn't know he was buried. She didn't know they, they just didn't bother with the funeral. They just buried him. And so Peter answered and he said, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. Because he needed to know, is she in a plot with this too? Because when you plot and plan wicked and evil, usually you got to have somebody involved with it. I mean, look at things on your phone. All the plots and plans of evil that people do, almost invariably there's other people involved. Now maybe once in a while you find one that's not. But very, very large portion of wickedness and evil when it's plot and planned, there's usually people involved. I mean, let's look at the uh, school shootings and things like that. And you get, you know, a lot of times uh, the uh, the school shooting that was in uh, Columbine, Colorado. You know, you, you didn't have just one kid doing this. You had more more than one kid planning this out. Now, I realize there's been some that, and there's just single of heart and mind that they've done. but But many, many, many times... If you will look, you will find a very, very big portion of wicked and evil plans that are plotted out. There's more than just one person. There's more than just uh, sometimes even more than two people. I mean, I, I saw on the phone just the other day, I saw where there were uh, several people involved in this one crime. I mean, it was, it was just astounding it was crazy and then i read these two women i mean i don't know what's happened to women nowadays i mean you know 
it's just crazy, you know. I mean, you 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 know, you pretty much kind of understand that over time, you know, men have tend to be more angrier creatures, I guess you could say, and uh, more tinted, uh, tilted towards, um, you know, fighting and all that kind of thing and carrying on. And and women used to, you know, they were a different sort at one point, and you know, you kind of looked to the women to kind of straighten some things out once in a while when the boys would get too carried away and the women would say, you know, you, y'all going to settle down. You need to settle down. You're going to go sit down, get a book and go sit down or go do something and behave yourself. Now, because if daddy came home, he'd just pull his belt off and tell you behind up, you see. And so... <clears throat> These two women, they were plotting and planning. Well, one of them was off in the woods where nobody could see the other person. And then this other lady, she <clears throat> she was up by the road. <clears throat> and I guess, you know how people put their hood up. And she's trying to wave people down because, uh, and they're out in the middle of nowhere. You got to understand the picture here. They're out in the middle of nowhere. So there's this woman. She looks like she's alone, and and she's got her head up to make it look like you know, uh, obviously got something doing or just waving or whatever. But it, apparently she was making it look like she was having car problems. And she waved, and finally somebody, and they're in the middle of middle of nowhere, because this couple had. Uh, planned. They hadn't been married for a long time, and they wanted to go traveling. They wanted to do. And so they did, and so that's where they were going. Uh, and so they got out to help her because she was alone in the middle of nowhere, as so it appeared. And so they were trying different things. You know, they tried, like, to, you know, I, I don't know what they did uh, to make the car as it was, but they did something so that, whatever the person's tried to let, because I think they tried to charge their battery or whatever, and it didn't work. And so, but at one point, the one lady they're standing there, she pulls a gun out on him. She literally pulled a gun on him. And then, and then she pushes him off into the woods. And then before you know it, you know, one thing leads to another, and the man is trying to, to, to you know, he, he loves his wife and want to, want to be able to take care of her, protect her or whatever. And he ends up getting shot. He ends up dying. And then there's another one off in the woods that was a part of this. And they start yelling back and forth to one another and, and, and didn't know, you know, the girl, she got away. And, and these two are arrested now, of course, but somebody's dead. These are two women. But, but you didn't have just one plotting it. You had two plotting it. And, and, and you know... I know some of you ain't going to like what I'm getting ready to say. But you people that climbed over the Capitol, I can show you scriptures where God would say to you that was not right. huh? And you got people that claim to be even a pastor and his son that were participating. You ain't no pastor. What kind of leader are you? You need to sit down and go do something else. Go, go sell caskets or something. huh? Go work with the dead. Because that's what you are. You're a dead soul. Because you ain't got no Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost wouldn't have led you to go climbing up that 
capital or nothing. Look, I understand people, they get upset. They get bent out of shape over uh, voting and all. I get all that. I, I understand all that. Is it frustrating to deal with the things that's going on in our country? Absolutely. It's so frustrating. It is so frustrating with some of the things that are going on in our country. It is absolutely uh, unbelievable the things that are going on in our country and our government, uh, you know, you got one side and another. And, but listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care what you choose. I don't care what side you own. Everybody that is not filled with the Holy Ghost, and don't tell me those people down there in the government capitol building are filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, come on now. Huh? Because if you're passing some of the bills that have gotten passed, don't tell me you fold the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost wouldn't put up with that. Some of that nonsense. It's the truth. But, but I don't care what side that you choose to vote on. You, you sitting there voting for people that are not baptized with the Holy Ghost. The majority of them, if not all of them. So what do you expect to go on in your country? Huh? When God said to the people of Israel, he said, you want a king? I told you I wanted to be your king, but you didn't listen and you kept begging for a king. And now this is what we got. We've all got the same problem. Because we're trying to, you know, choose somebody to lead and, and, and these people are not regenerated by the power of the Holy Ghost. Well, they're not going to be able to lead people to, to a, a utopia of peace. The only one that could do that is Jesus Christ. And you're out of your mind if you think otherwise. Now, I'm not saying you can't vote. I don't vote myself because I got sick and tired of all the mess that I saw on both sides. Huh? I realize that there's some things much worse than others. I, I get all that. Because I have not minced no words. You know I flat out am against abortion. You know that. Anybody that's listening to this podcast, you know that. But, but listen, I've listened to laws be made on the other side of the aisle against the poor. And God speaks against that. And I finally just threw my hands up. I'm, I'm just, I don't want to be participating in this. And then, you know... Things happen with another direction of things going where, you know, the, the, the certain things are not considered. Maybe the poor are not considered or whatever. Now, I'm not talking about considering the poor with abortion because that's a whole other issue. Because I'm going to tell you what, uh, that's flat-out murder. And that's a whole other podcast. I ain't getting into that. But plotting and planning wicked things. And, and and so this is what Ananias and Sapphira did and, and in the scriptures. And so uh, here, Acts chapter 5 and verse uh, 8, he said, uh, Peter said in verse 8, he said, he, he said unto her, he said, tell me whether or not you sold the land for so much. And she said, yea, for so much. In other words, yes, that's how much we sold it for. She just flat out lied to him. And, and, and you know, she didn't take into account like, okay, wait a minute. I don't see my husband around here. Maybe I should go talk to my husband. She, she didn't do that. She just said, oh, yeah, we sold the land for that amount. They agreed to lie. And so then in verse 9, then Peter said unto her, he said, he said, how is it that you have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Huh? You see, when you plot and plan evil, you're tempting the Spirit of God, and you better quit it. If you claim to be a Christian, you better stop it. And you better stop it now. You better repent. 
You say, why are you talking like that when this is supposed to be, you know, geared toward Christian? Because people that claim to be Christian, y'all not walking the way you ought to. And you know why you're not? Because you don't want to repent. You know why you don't want to repent? Because you're listening to preachers that are telling you don't need to repent. Or that repentance doesn't mean that you feel sorry for your sin. That's a lie. That's another lie. Huh? You ain't studied that word? Huh? Go, go to our YouTube ministry, The Eunuch Preacher, and look up this last uh, message on this last Sabbath. Huh? And the message is called Repent! Look it up and listen to that message. Don't sit there and tell me that word don't mean you're not supposed to feel sorry for your sin. You better know right now that feeling sorry for your sin is what leads you to repentance in the first place. Huh? Are you not sorry that your sin put Jesus Christ on the cross? Come on now. And so God don't like no uh, plotting and planning evil. And so... Verse 9, and he said to him, he said, how is it that the two of you agreed to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? He said, how could you do that? How can you plan together to stand against God? You think you're going to be able to do this. You think you're going to be able to lie to God. huh? All of you men out there committing adultery and you think, oh, my wife don't know, blah, 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 and you're going out having your little fun. And you forget that God sees what you're doing. You forget that. God's watching you. God's watching you and you better repent. You better turn around. Oh, yes, you better. And so, verse 9, chapter 5 of the book of Acts, he says, Behold, he said, I want you to look. The feet of them. Now, this is when she realized her husband died. Right before she died. Right just seconds before she died, that's when she found out her husband had died. And he said, Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. And then it says in verse 10, Then she fell, then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost she died. Yielded up the ghost. In other words, that spirit in her that God had placed in her when she came out of that womb and she began to cry and live and breathe, that spirit was done in that body. It was over and done with because they lied to the Holy Ghost. Hmm? And so it says in verse 10, it says she yielded up, uh, yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in, verse 10, and found her dead and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. You say, well, at least they got to be buried together. That's just the body. Their ghost went to meet Jesus. And because they lied, they're going to spend eternity in the lake of fire. Now, first they're going to hell. And then the Bible says death, hell, and the grave are going to be thrown in the lake of fire. So it's just going to get worse. All right. And then it says in verse 11, And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. You get that news going somebody died because they lied. Not only did they die because they lied. Lied straight to the Holy Ghost. But not just one, but two of them. 
because they plotted and planned together. You don't think that didn't make people straighten up? Well, it says, great fear came upon the church and upon all that heard these things. Now, it, it's giving you a word here. It says, fear came upon the church and upon many as heard these things. Not just the church. But other people out in the world heard about this and it scared them. It's like, whoa. Now, that's the same God of the Old Testament. And this is in the New Testament. Huh? And do you know that Spirit, that Holy Ghost, Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, that's the Spirit of His Son in their heart. Huh? They had the Spirit of God, but because they chose to not repent. See, this is the thing. You get sin in your heart and you refuse to repent, there's going to come a point in time where evil will fill your heart as it did with them. And there'll be no turning back. And then you will just be slotted waiting for your judgment with God. Because you plotted, you planned wickedness. And God hates that. And so, shall we think about whatever it is we're plotting and planning that might be wicked and evil, and yet you claim to know the Lord, you better be careful because he might strike you dead real quick. You say, oh, that don't happen. That was just in there. Oh, you don't think so? Mm. Okay, well, keep, keep on with that thought. Mm? We'll see how it works out for you. I'll tell you what, you better not continue to play with God. If you've got a mind to play with God and think that you can plot and plan wicked and ungodly and evil things, and especially through the church, you better hear me. I'm telling you what, somebody better listen to me right now. You better hear what I'm telling you. You want to plot and plan evil and wicked through the church? You better stop that right now. Whatever it is that you got a mind to want to go do right there in the church, right there at the house of God, Huh? Ooh, you better watch out because God sees what you're doing. And especially you ministers. Huh? You're supposed to be leaders. You're supposed to be leaders of holiness. Huh? You're not supposed to be running around trying to get in the pants of somebody else when you're married. Do you hear what I'm saying? That ought not be. God's not pleased with that kind of thing. Plotting and planning. And so the Lord says he hates certain things. And so with that said, I'll leave you with this thought once again, as I did last week. Are you plotting and planning something you ought not be doing? Are you looking at things that you ought not be doing and you just planning it out what it is you're going to do? And you full well know what I've said is straight out of the Bible. I didn't make this story up. I read it straight out of the Bible in Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through, what did we, where did we stop at, 11? Yeah. 1 through 11. Go read it yourself. It's King James Version. So, we can't play with God. You can't mock Him. You can't trick Him. And if you got a mind to just plan and plot wicked and evil things, you better understand God hates that. Now, will God give you a chance to repent? Well, 
Ananias and Sapphira didn't get a chance to repent because any longer because they had a moment and an opportunity to take, and they didn't take it. The preacher gave them both an opportunity to repent because if you look at Ananias, Peter said, uh, you know, if you look back, now actually it looks as though in verse 3 it says, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? So this one here, he didn't get a chance to repent, and apparently that's because he was already too far gone. But not knowing about the wife, because here it does say Peter, it says, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and keep back part of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not your own? Uh, and you could have sold it in your own power. See, God wanted to explain to him why he was getting ready to strike him dead. Why he was getting ready to go to hell. And he said, why did you conceive this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And it says, and then hearing these words, he fell down and gave up the ghost. So, Ananias didn't have a chance to repent here when he came to Peter. Wherever Peter was. But what you do see is that did not Ananias have the day before he could have thought about it? Certainly. He lived up to that point that day. Could he not have repented before he got to the church and handed that money over? Sure he could have. And this is the reason why that, uh, that Peter said what he did. He said, after you sold it, was it not in your own power? So all the way until, he, even once he got to the church and he went to hand it to Peter, he could have simply said, you know, I was going to come here and lie to you and tell you, but this really isn't the whole amount. But he didn't do that. He just followed through. So when you look at verse 8, it appears that the woman is given a moment to repent. And you can see that differentiation because Ananias, it appears by the scriptures of 3 and 4, that he, he did not, or 3, 4, and 5, what was said needed to be said, and then he gave up the ghost. But with uh, Sapphira, it says in verse 8, he said, tell me whether or not you sold the lamb for so much. He's giving her an opportunity because maybe it could have been that they thought, you know, it's a possibility that she may have been coerced. So, and I'm not, I'm just, it's trajectory on my part. I'm just saying that might have been the reason for giving her an opportunity to repent because this would have given her an opportunity to repent because she could have answered and said, no, no, we really didn't do that. And she probably would have been spared. But what she did not do is she did not repent. She just kept plowing right on through. And so she was more than just coerced. Uh, she went along with the plot all the way down to the line to the end of it. And so she lost her life. And she lost not only her life on this earth, but him and her both. They lost uh, out into eternity forever. I mean, they lost eternal life forever and they had it in their grasp that's what's so scary eternal life was in their grasp until they started plotting and planning evil and and it just got a hold of their heart so and this is what what peter was saying to ananias he said satan filled your heart 
you know so there came a point or there comes a point you know you start plotting and planning look you better back up before it's too late because what's going to happen is satan watches and he sees what you're doing and there comes a point where the spirit of god is no longer comfortable there now you know some people say well you know the bible says he'll never leave you nor forsake you no but ananias forsake forsook the lord though you don't don't put all that blame on god i actually don't put any of that blame on god because ananias left god see god was still standing in the same place of holiness he's always stood but ananias went to a place of evil wicked planning and so you get so far you want to go too far and then satan will fill your heart because once that spirit leaves you because you continue to lie to the holy ghost you continue with your plot and plan of evil you have walked so far away from God that you've deserted God. And so there, this, the devil watches. He sees they've gotten so far and they've deserted God. And so it, it certainly makes sense as to why Satan would be able to fill their heart. Because the thing of it is, somebody that's filled with the Holy Ghost, there's no room for Satan to be in there. You know, I've heard people say, well, I wonder if Christians can be, um, you know, can they be demon-possessed? And my answer is no if you have been baptized with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking of the tongues. That's impossible. It's virtually impossible because the Spirit of God is inside of you. But you must stay full of the Holy Ghost. And here's the thing. There comes a point in time, though, that evil and wicked plans can get so far into your heart and so deeply embedded in your heart that you get so far from God that you desert Jesus Christ. You desert Him. He didn't desert you. And then there's no turning back because you get so far away. Satan sees you and he comes running and fills your heart. And you've, you've got to think about those things because if you've got any plots or plans, and, and listen, it's not just land being sold. Don't be so fooled by that. No, it's any plot and plan of wickedness and evil. God does not like wicked imaginations. None of them. No plans and plots of wickedness. God don't like it. Not at all. And so you better really give some thought to whatever it is because I really believe that I've had to say some of these things to stop somebody or to steer somebody. Because you need to listen to God. Stop listening to your flesh. Stop listening to the situation. Stop listening to the problem. And start listening to God who is the problem solver. But you're going to have to be patient. Doesn't the Bible say wait on God? Well, I've been waiting a long time. Then you wait a little longer. And you wait a lot longer. And you wait till you die if you have to. But you wait on God. You don't sit there and start planning and plotting wicked and evil. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to be God. You're not God. You know, I, I, and I, I say that. I've, I've seen where fathers have literally wiped out, annihilated their entire families, and they claim to be a Christian. I mean, it's just insane stuff that's going on nowadays. But we're in the last days. And so you're going to have to get yourself uh, full of the Holy Ghost, baptized with the Holy Ghost, and stay full of the Holy Ghost. Because the plotting and planning, whoo, wicked plotting and planning, that's going to do you in. You need to repent. You need to repent today. And so with that said, I want to pray.
Dear Lord, I'm asking you, Jesus. I felt the power of God move inside me to just continue to speak as I did. And I'm asking you, Lord, right now, hallelujah, in the name of the Lord, God, that somebody heard this. Somebody needs to hear this. And God, I'm asking you, Lord, that you will be merciful to them and patient with them, long-suffering with them, and be kind with them, Lord. But let them feel the convicting power of your spirit against the wickedness that they are planning. In Jesus' name, that they might turn and repent and get right with you before it's too late. Give them the strength. Give them the power. Whatever it is that they're dealing with, whatever it is they're struggling with, God help them to understand this is not the way to go. And I pray this in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. Hallelujah! The name that is above every name. Hallelujah! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you. The name that is above every name that has all power in heaven and earth. Power to overcome the enemy. Power, God, to give us strength. Let that person feel that what they need to feel from the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. And so with that said, may God bless you and keep you. I love y'all. And I encourage you to uh, listen to our podcast again on Fridays. We try to do Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, by the time it's pre-recorded and downloaded, it might be a while, or sometimes it falls into the next day. But I try to uh, get Brother Vernon to to get it uh, done up on the same day. Uh, we do our best to try to make that happen. So usually by t Tuesday evening and Friday evening, we got uh, those uh, things downloaded already uh, for you to be able to to listen to. But then there's also, you know, there's an archive of podcasts and you can go through those and you can listen to those but we also have our youtube ministry that i would like to encourage you to listen to the eunuch preacher and uh, that you can google up and it is uh spelt uh the word eunuch is e-u-n-u-c-h e-u-n-u-c-h and so those words each letter of each of those words the eunuch preacher each of those words are uh the capital letters on the first of each of those words and then uh lowercase letters for the rest of the words and they're they're not all like crunched together you know it's three separate words the eunuch preacher but google that up and it's done by um, jw brand which is myself and i encourage you especially i encourage you to look at this podcast that we do we have our uh, worship services on the sabbath on saturday and uh, we download those as well uh, there's an archive of those that you can listen to but this last one this last uh, Saturday, um, as uh, you know, October was ushered in. Uh, the thing of it is that, um, well, actually, it was the last day of September is what it was. But if y'all would go to the to the Eunuch Preacher Ministries and look at the one that says repent. Look at that. I want you to listen to that because there's too many preachers out there that are lying to people and trying to say repentance don't mean what some preachers are saying. They're lying to you. You don't want to be lied to, do you? Don't you want to be told the truth? Amen. So with that said, I love y'all. I pray for you, praying for y'all that God will help you, keep you, and bless you. In Jesus' name, I'm out.